0: Bonjour slash bonsoir from France, gentlemen. <laughs> My um, French is excellent, by the way, especially the pronunciation.
1: <laughs> you got a bit of a Queensland tang kind of happening, <laughs> yeah, there. Gold Coast French, <laughs> Gold, Gold sure Coast.
2: Sure do.
0: <laughs>
2: Just
1: where Desolay, Parfum cakes. You'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> Been
0: through some some very good chateaux, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old chateaux. Uh, we like it.
0: Uh, this is quite fun, guys, being on, uh, being on this end. It kind of reminds me, Richard, when we interviewed Simon for the Christmas special last year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it was really <laughs> fun having you <him> on. It's <laughs> a little three way, it's great. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Jill, you're in France. Um, you've had, how long seems like you've had a few weeks already?
0: Yeah, so just over two weeks uh, and I've got one week left and, you know, it it goes so quickly, but um, managed to get some amazing uh, experiences in. Uh, So basically flew to Paris, had four days in Paris, one of my favorite cities in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm sure with the Olympics next year and the World Cup and everything, it's um, very, uh, I don't think it was in Paris so clean. Um, (laughs) really, really beautiful, yeah, and a really nice time to be there because uh, it's just you know out of the really busy, busy season, and then we just headed straight down to Bordeaux, and since I've really just been and wine tasting around Bordeaux and making my way through to Lyon. So I've been tasting some really good wines, as you can imagine.
1: <laughs> Have you run into any rugby supporters? Because they're playing rugby in Bordeaux oh. at the moment for the World Cup.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah no, there, there, there are a few. Um, mm. Actually, well, of course, you know, one of the – I'd say the two main topics in France are, you know, wine and rugby right yes. now. Like, yeah. that's, they're the only two things that people are talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been quite an experience to be here, whilst France is doing so well. I mean, mm-hmm. what they won to again to last night? They they are doing so well, and um, and I think that I think the French are probably appreciating other nationalities even more in the knowledge that they're like smashing it so uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, but it's it is quite fun to be here. I've gone into some pubs to watch the games, where literally Mike and I, <laughs> there'd be like seven hundred people. And then Australia got like one score and Mike, myself, and only one other person went, yay! It <laughs> <And> went <we're> like...
1: <laughs> I can relate to that. So I, was well. in a, uh, I was in a box watching the footy the other night and I was the only Swan supporter and the rest were Carlton <laughs> <supporters. Yeah, right. laughs> I think my voice is still a little hoarse from that,
2: but that's okay. So it was good fun. Um, hey, uh, tell us, you, when we chatted before you went over, um, you said you were going to spend some time with Tom Hardy. Tell us about that. How'd that go?
0: Oh, Oh, seriously! Uh, look, for anyone who listened to the interview that Richo and I had with him, I'd say about six months ago, I think. Mm. Um, he's a classic. So he's sixth generation Hardy, and uh, so you know he's got he's got a lot of knowledge of wine. He's made his own wine. He's had his own brand, uh, but he's more known for his um the books, the uh, writing that he's done. Um, but he's an absolute classic, such a character. And the funny thing is, he's, he's ext- an extremely ochre guy um, that still speaks, you know, talk about you know, perfect French, but like with the worst accent ever, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. So he uh, 23 years ago, he bought this beautiful old lockkeeper's cottage in a place called Yarnac, which is right in Cognac, really, really beautiful region, about an hour and a half um, uh, east of Bordeaux. And uh, so we were very fortunate to get an invite to stay for a few nights with him. And he's also a top cook. And he just, oh, it, was just it was a wonderful experience. And we bought some great wines to the table. He bought some great food. And, you know, we had some 3.30 amers And I mm-hmm. don't know what we sat around talking about for eight hours. So yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, it was really great. I'm actually going to get him back on the show. And we're going to do a bit of a French uh, Aussie um, wine chat in a few weeks' time. No, right,
1: that sounds there's great. Not much yachting going on in the middle of cognac, though.
0: No, there's not. He, he'd come back, so he'd spend about five five months of the year um, in France, and the rest of the times in Adelaide, uh, basically, mostly Adelaide, where he's got his house. So um, he still does a, quite a bit of yachting because he was very, very close to Sir James, who was his uncle. Yes, and right. um, so we we had lots of lots of chats about uh, about Sir James and their yachting. Uh, what it, something I just found really quite overawing was um, like some of my favorite wines are the Eileen Hardy wines. Um, got, you know, you know that shard you know, oh, and their pinot and it's so an good. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? And um, I was just sitting there. I'm like, it's just it kind of I find it bizarre that Eileen was your grandmother. Now I don't know if it's just me. I found that very uh, surreal. And, you know, he'd tell us all the stories about her and it was, yeah, he's, he really does come from a very, a very special family. Mm. And, uh, yes, yeah, so just the stories. But it's not the stories so much as the way he tells them. Um, that's, uh, that's he's a cracker. So that was a great few days, but we're... Uh, was dr- actually drying out a little bit out uh, after those two days, even <laughs> <laughs> Day too Yes, no, but fantastic. So, um, where I am right now is at this tiny little place. Uh, right, it's actually called Gordon Morat near Am Bugey, and it's moving out of the wine country a little bit uh, towards Lyon. But it's really, really beautiful. Lots of lakes and uh, so gorgeous swimming, that sort of thing, and. um, I actually had a really fun a really funny thing happened to me yesterday. So quite literally, like this place has seven a population of 717 people, right? It's it's small. And I've no one's ever heard of it before. And um Mike and I took a bottle of rose down to the lake, as you do. We get there and we're like, oh. We forgot the bottle opener. Thought you were going to do it. Not thought you. We didn't. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be here without having a rose. So I'm, just, I'm going to find out. And he said, you know, back back a while, there were some people sitting outside their house just having a drink. So why don't we just go and ask? So I was like, I'll do that. So I wander up, I walk up, knock on the door. Hi, can I just borrow a bottle opener in my extraordinarily good French, of course? <laughs> and they go, and they go, ah, oh, uh, from the UK? And I said, no, I'm Aussie. And they went, Oh, you're Jill (laughs) and I went, (laughs) I swear the world just stopped. And it was one of the weirdest moments of my entire life. And I just looked at them and went. Come um, again.
1: My reputation <laughs> proceeds. <me>. my reputation
0: <laughs> precedes me. It turns out that they're they're good friends with the person whose place we're staying at. It's a gorgeous Airbnb converted oh, barn. God. And she, because the Tas saw, she's gone, oh, we've got some Australians coming to stay. It was just one of those moments where, it, it was just kind of like you know yeah film worthy i just, I just wish i actually had that document anyway so we're in this gorgeous little place and not not even most french people have heard of um but look on on the wine front we've tasted some unbelievable wines um so back around the bordeaux area i'm sure everyone's aware of you know the beautiful Bordeaux and um and the makeup of them what still bowls me over is how different the merlots there are to the merlots in australia um I'm going to throw that back to you guys, now, you guys knowing your wine so well. What's what's your take on that?
1: I I remember the very first time I had a wine from Pomerol and it was a La Conseillante. Uh, it was a yes. 1999 La so around the corner from Chateau Petrus, but, you know, a, a tenth mm-hmm. of the cost. Mm-hmm. And yep. there was a plushness about this wine. It was actually, do you remember we had John Baker on the show who wrote Stalin's Wine Cellar?
0: Yes, yeah, that's awesome.
1: Baker actually opened it for me and a friend. And we were at a, a place in Melbourne on Smith Street called Bois, which was back in the day, probably 10, 12 years ago. And it was this cool little bistro before anyone had done cool little bistros in Melbourne. So it was a little bit avant-garde to use French, a little bit before it's time.
0: Ooh. And
1: uh, the, the girl who ran the show, she was from Pomerol. So we, we kind of just gave her a taste and she had a little tear rolling down her eye. And she just said, I miss home. Because oh, yeah. there's this density oh. and plushness. This it's the plushness. They're, they're so they're so plush. You know, they're wonderful wines and hardcore, they, uh, hardcore plum and a bit of spice and just a bit tannin structure as well. So mm-hmm. very different. Absolutely, yeah, beautiful oh. wines.
0: Absolutely. So you, obviously, you know, Pomeroy well, so when you just mentioned Petrus, so quite literally, um, Chateau Promeau, where I where I had, had this tasting, it borders onto the Petrus vineyard. Yeah, right. And yes, yeah. yeah, so that's, so you know, exactly where I was. So going back about six months ago, the manager was out in Australia and he contacted me through LinkedIn. I don't even really know how it all came about, but I did a video of something or whatever it was. And, and so we caught up and had lunch. And he said, look, when you're in France, you know, come and visit and I'll give you a great, a great tasting. And so we opened up an 09, a 15 and a 16. If anyone's had oh, any yeah. roll from 15, by the way, and oh, oh, 09, unbelievable, yeah. but the 15 mm-hmm. drinking mm-hmm. just superbly. Um, I think they normally say 20 years for... For a uh, a pomerol, but um, honest, with everyone here is like nah, the fifteen you're drinking right now. So, anyways, we're really fortunate to have those opened, and then of course be able to take a few bottles away and a lovely bottle of champagne thrown in as well. So um, we were very well taken care of. But it's just it's just the fact that you know it's 100 merlot. They don't produce any other grape. And when I, when I was mentioning, when I asked him about, you know, do they have any of the mildew issues that, um, that the Bordeaux region are experiencing, or any of the heat? Fortunately for them, that's not something they're going through yet. You know, touch wood, um, because that was quite a, it was quite a big conversation with some of the wineries in Bordeaux. And as you guys would know, they've had a lot of, um, you know, bad effect from mildew and just with. Uh, whether you call it climate change or whether you just call it heating up whatever you want to call it it is having a, a, an impact on merlot but being such a sensitive grape now as you know as those bordeaux wines which are predominantly merlot with some cab sav a bit of cab franc in it all of a sudden they're going to you know they have to look at what they're going to be doing in the next five ten years because they won't have the uh the Merlot won't either be good enough or not enough of it to produce the wines they've been doing for, you know, centuries. And I'm like, how do you just change that? Like you can't just all of a sudden, well, obviously you you can, you have to. So their answer is they're trialling more Cab Franc, which is probably one of my favourite varietals. I think it's gorgeous. Um, Way more Cab Franc. And they're starting to plant just very small little acreages of Petit Verdot and so that's what they think will be, help give it some uh, some structure etc so it'll be really interesting to watch of how the bordeaux wines kind of evolve over the next 5 5 years and so
1: and mm. of course I found on, that on the other side of the river they've already permitted the plantings of five or six different spanish varieties so they've they've yeah. already yes. yeah they've already done that on the other side of the river my my favorite Chateau Petrus story is actually a melbourne story where the, uh, the, this may be apocryphal, I don't know, but Prince apparently was at the Point Hotel in Albert Lake, or Albert Park Lake, and just oh. ordered the most expensive wine on the list, which happened to be a magnum of 1990 Chateau Patrice for 50 grand. So the story goes. Yeah. Oh. And then they poured out a wine for him into the glass, and then he asked for a straw. <laughs> <laughs> and then he drank the glass Absolutely. of wine with a straw and left the rest of it for the sommeliers. So pretty cool move, actually, because mm. they all got to drink a bottle of 1990 Patrice on Magnum, which is pretty right. once-in-a-lifetime yes. totally. sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look,
0: I've got to say, what my, my absolute favourite wine that I've had over here was a 2006 Pogliac. And that was special mm. um i found this i came across this place in bordeaux this is for anybody and a lot of Aussies are heading to france anyone going to bordeaux there is a place called the max bordeaux and it's it's only a couple of years old it's basically a, a wine cellar vin cave shop tasting uh, experience and um You know, you go and you you do tastes of different sizes, et cetera, and they've got, you know, hundreds to to go by. It's a wonderful way to get a really good understanding of the Bordeaux wines from, you know, going decades and decades back. Uh, So that is something I would really highly recommend people to do if you're in Bordeaux and you're loving your wines, by the way. Yeah, that sounds like a good tip. tip. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic.
2: Um, So what's on for the next week, Jill? Where are you heading?
0: So from here, a couple more days here, and then we're heading to Tiers and Lyon. And after Lyon, it's uh, beginning to travel back, heading to Munich for two days, and we fly back from there. So it's all going to go very, very quickly. I'm just hoping that time just slows down. <laughs> But, uh, but lots more beautiful wines to be drinking and the countryside here, it's just so beautiful and, you know, just driving through all the villages. It's just such mm. a stunning experience. It's been too long since I've been to Europe. Magic, yeah. And hot air balloons and things? Hot air ballooning, not, no hot air balloons this time, Simon.
2: <laughs> right, I'll have to ask about that story uh, next time we're in the Barossa <laughs> together. <laughs> Missed that one. Um, so, uh, Jill, we, we will let you go because it, it's – probably coming up to 1.30 in the morning for you. So thank you for doing this. Um, so we will just remind everyone that we have um, a, an outside broadcast, the three of us, from Barossa um, on the 8th of October. So that'll be fun. Oh, I can't wait. Should be an absolute
0: cracker. Dennis is coming. The whole The whole crew's crew.
2: coming. The whole 96.5 inner FM crew. That's it. On the road.
0: <laughs> Take over Barossa. So... Um,
2: yeah, so uh, we will, uh, well, the promotion of that will start shortly. But, um, yeah, so looking forward to, to catching up and having a few Barossan wines and uh, hearing a few more French stories from you, uh, Jill.
0: I look forward to it. Guys, thank you for having me on. This has been really fun. And for me, definitely worth staying up, but um, I might hit the hay. Yes, <laughs> <Go and> have
1: <laughs> a good sleep. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Nicely done, Jill. Thanks, well, guys. Well, see you.
0: Au revoir. Yeah, bye.